Welcome to the Melanin Money Show with your host, George Achenpong and Carter Cofield. We're on a mission to decrease the wealth gap by $100 billion and in the process creating 100,000 new first generation millionaires. And we want you to be one of them. So listen to our show for weekly tips on personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship as we help you navigate your journey to your first $1 million in net worth and beyond. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Melon and Money Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a good one, man. We already had a podcast before the podcast. We'll start 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we got my brother Gamal on the show, man. How you feeling, brother? What up? What up? Yes, sir. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. High level conversation beforehand. We should have honestly recorded it. Yeah, that should have been recorded. That should have been recorded, but we'll get to some of it today. But like, you know, everything can be can be free. But nah, um, so this has been a long time coming. I remember the first time you were supposed to be on the show was Black Equity Con. We tried to make it happen in 2022. Last year? I have no idea what time. Yeah, it was last year. Black Equity Con last year. Um, we were both at the both of the event. We we, yeah, we were getting a couple of podcasts done. I think you did Dominique Broadway's that, at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's just some other times when like you know we were gonna be in the same city trying to make the stars align. And so my brother was in Art Basel last night. I saw like I was like I saw because I didn't know you were gonna be Art Basel. Like, Are you in my Art Basel yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, bro. I was at the Pharrell event last night. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is. I was like, okay. He said he was. Gonna, I, I, he's his word is good. So <laughs> I saw him partying. Yeah, you hit the nigga with the emojis and to see like, like look at the emojis like 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 oh you like Fred borrow some money but they yeah, they, they, they but they yeah. in the club buying yeah, bottles. You got bumping up. Yeah. Like, oh, fire. Hey, bro, we still good. We still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw him on the jetway or runway, you know, coming coming here this morning, uh, early in the morning. So man, we appreciate you for coming on the show. I am a man of my word. I'm set up here. I'm here through and through. Through and through. Um, now one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the platform is because you know obviously we our platform is helping people of color build wealth. And one of the things that's very uh, either under under talked about or just uh, not understood is, you know, growing a business to the point where you can ultimately exit said business. Right. When we see it happen in our community, people get labeled as a sellout or maybe not for the culture and, you know, all sorts of things, because they just don't understand that that is literally quintessential business. Right. You build this thing that's independent of you. You have your social. It has a tax ID number. You build it add value, exit it. If you want to do it again, do it again, or just live your life, right? So uh, I definitely want to talk about that in the show, but before we get into that, tell people a little bit about who you are and kind of your backstory. Man, long story. Long story short, though, I'm just a kid from Jamaica. Uh, just got back from Jamaica. Just got back from Jamaica. It was oh, a vibe. Yeah, 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 I saw y'all, man. I yeah, saw y'all. yeah. Not that side of Jamaica. I was <laughs> over another side of Jamaica. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, long story short, um, parents came over here. You know, just hustled. Uh, we moved into a three bedroom house. It mm-hmm. Sounds better than it really is because mm-hmm. we, my family, just occupied one room out of the three bedroom house, mm-hmm. and the other uh, two rooms had other families. And so, just humble yeah. beginning. Parents worked super hard. Um, taught me education and I just started entrepreneurship. Parents didn't have enough money to support my eyes. And so they're like, look, if you could go get it, we'll make it happen. And just be one of those kids selling candy from middle school, cutting grass, doing all that, selling CDs, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, long story short, that just kind of prompted me. Got here to ATL and what um, occupied a lot of my young adult life is learning about private equity through another Jamaican guy who at the time I met him, he just uh, sold his business for a little over $900 million. He raised about $320 million from Goldman Sachs and had a couple exits, a couple north of half a bill. And I was like, what? 
Like, Crazy. what yeah. is this? Yeah. Right, I'm over here talking about flipping cars and houses. Flipping <laughs> <laughs> enterprises. Yeah, he's right. flipping enterprises. Yeah. Not even business, bro. Enterprises, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I just kind of followed him for two and a half years, learned everything I can, I could. Every waking hour, bro. Like, friends was going to clubs, sections. Mm-hmm. I was, like, going to his house. Like, yeah. like I was, I was locked in. And learned a lot, enough to go out and do it my own. And so I raised a fundless, um, I was like a fundless sponsor. Um, helped source deals, acquire in and out what, what does that mean? Um, so traditional funds, you go and collect, the, um, have the commitments for the money. Mm-hmm. And then you go find the deals. And then you, on a per deal basis, you kind of get the boards or the investment committee's approval. Like, yeah, found this company, can we invest? Uh a lot of politics, real hard to invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deal terms don't favor the person doing all the work. And so a fundless sponsor is you don't raise a fund first, but you get a, like high net worth individuals, people with access to capital. And you're like, hey, I'm going to go find this one deal. When I do find it, you want to come in, you get their commitments, you find the deal. So you have much more leverage in the opportunity. You don't have like a big board to commit to. You're not focused on fundraising. You actually focus on running the business. So I did that with with him. I actually helped him um, in the process. He invested in the company for about $7 million. About two years later, he sold it for $27 million and netted twenty. And I was like, I could do this. Yeah. So that started me down the process of buying and selling businesses. Dope. So, so tell us about, uh, I guess, what you would call your most memorable, memorable experience um, as you started the process of trying to do it on your own. I, I think I've heard you tell the story a little bit. So I just kind of want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, so like I cut the recent years out of my story. I ended up doing that, went ups and downs, almost almost went bankrupt a couple of times. We recently um, scaled up our e-com brand, got mm-hmm. acquired two years ago, and now we're coaching. But all the game and all the lessons that happened along the way is kind of like, even the bads were great memorable lessons, right? Yeah. It's like everything in life happens for you, not to mm-hmm. you. Yep. And so probably the most memorable is the worst one is um, I was – I put out five offers to buy a business. I'm like, yeah, I could do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm watching these cats make $20 million in two years. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something to work. I'm like right next to them. Like I'm, I'm big in my head up. Like, <laughs> I got this bro. Yeah. So found a company. Uh, it was about $13.8 million deal. Got all the financing committed and all that stuff. Got it to the finish line. Uh, the deal failed. I got stuck with about a quarter million dollars, like 240 K in debt. Bro, I was depressed for about three weeks. Didn't like flew down to uh, uh, Florida with my girl at the time in her room, just chilling. Like, oh man, I'm a failure. You know us, bro. I'm on at social at the time was Facebook. Like I'm telling everybody, yeah, boy, I'm about to come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About to come yeah, up, yeah. boy. Yeah, let me yeah. tell you about this. this I'm about yeah. to be a multimillionaire, yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah. And then man, I felt so embarrassed. My ego was shot. I felt like I was a fraud. Like, and I just left corporate. So I'm like, damn, bro, I got to go update my resume. <laughs> I can't come 250 in the hole will change things. Right. Yeah. yeah. I ended up not. Uh, my my wife now was my girl then. Gave me some really solid advice. It was the simplest thing. She was like, bro, you raised about $14 million in 40 days. Certainly you could figure out how to come up with 240K. Like, you so right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's different, though. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. just had to go get millions of dollars but now that i actually you know like the fear of losses is, is more powerful than the fear of gain mm-hmm. right? right or the opportunity to gain so it's like it's consuming me and i was like yo that perspective was key that's wifey by the way but mm-hmm. now great advice let me go make this happen so we figured it out and what was so key about that it was my first year of entrepreneurship 
like the biggest slap in the face I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to go through that then because if I had gone through something smaller, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have this much courage and right. belief in myself to right. get through anything, right? It's kind of like I've come up with challenges across then. I'm like, yo, if I was, if I dealt with that, certainly I could deal mm-hmm. with this. So, percent. Yeah, so the down was actually one of the most mo- memorable moments because like that, that champions me and keeps mm-hmm. me going through like all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Makes sense. So now that I have that context, um, and granted, I know you personally, you know, we text yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, so, but what five, it helped. Five minute voice notes. <laughs> Literally on the yeah. last episode. She said exact time amount. She said, she, she said five minutes. She too. said exactly five minutes on the last episode. Yeah, so the good news, I'm consistent. That's go. the good news, but like, me. <laughs> you can just consistently do two minutes. It'd be fire though. The problem is, when your phone uh, yeah, yeah, up, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, 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 it's like you listening while you walking through the house like this is good. A minute and forty five seconds is like oh the phone shuts down. I was uh, like now nah, I gotta go through the whole thing. Like fast forward, they upgraded the voices. They got Appar- apparently they can you can two exit now. My race said our last episode. She said you can two exit two so X speed. I don't know how to do it yet. I should have asked her before that's we should have to be being a friend of George. Yeah, literally if you like that, it would it would it would so it would increase the validity of the friendship because now I will listen to everything. I won't get upset. You know, so. Cause I know some voice notes you'll listen to. Yeah, I just call them. I just now, call them out there. Like, call me immediately. Like yeah, three, three, and a minute, three and a half minutes. What's up, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just give it a summary. I'm like, no, I put in the three minutes. You gonna go back and listen to that three minutes? Um, but, but yeah. But what what it made me think about is, so you probably started Fresh Heritage with the intention of exiting. One hundred percent. Right. So you went into like, yo, we always hear the cliche start with the end of mind, but almost no entrepreneur does that. One hundred percent. So that's one hundred percent right. So. I help support a bunch of people like him find opportunities and invest in them mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. De- help deploy about $50 million in just like acquiring businesses, investing in businesses, et cetera. And I realized that the the person who was winning and had the least stress was the person on the other side receiving the checks. So like not a VC invested company because you get boards and a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. but like a true private equity, just like normal seven, eight figure business mm-hmm. where someone's buying you out and you just get a lump sum of cash. Like you were winning. It's also about mm-hmm. breakfast. Difference between VC and private equity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we could chat about that. I'm a big fan of private equity, not so much VC. Same. Now, now, now after after a few duds, I'm, I'm yeah. private equity too. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's the sidebar. We come back to it. So like, I was like, I, I got to do this on the other side now. It's called being an operator, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I got to be an operator of a business. Just an investor is not not where it's at. The economics didn't work out the same. So I had a one-page business plan to get acquired in three to five years. We did it in four. Um, and the person who I said we should get acquired by, we got acquired by him. Talking so about intentional. Like, Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it worked, bro. That's lit. So like oh. I, I talk about this concept in the court in my uh, coaching call having a north star. That's essentially what that is. Mm-hmm. Starting with the end in mind and taking steps towards that, but being intentional. Like every major decision, mm-hmm. you're not chasing a short term win. Right. You're chasing does this and does this decision get me closer to that north star or away from it? And making sure all of the uh, decisions we made were intentional by getting there and purpose. And so because we did that, we had we knew what direction we was going in. Right. Everything kind of worked out. Are you an aspiring first generation millionaire who's looking to march towards their first one million in net worth? If you are, then I strongly encourage you to consider joining the Melanin Millionaires Club. Inside the Melanin Millionaires Club, 
you're going to get access to a complete library of elective courses that will help you navigate towards your journey of your first one million in network. You're going to receive access to My Wealth Health, which is a dashboard that allows you to track your financial progress in real time. You're going to get access to live workshops and masterclasses, and you're going to get access to our past library recording of all of our masterclasses and workshops called Financial Flips. Not to mention, you're going to receive access to our flagship feature called Pocket Advisor, where you get access to a financial coach in real time. This is by far one of my favorite features of the platform, and there's so much more. All you have to do to learn more is go to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to see how you can take advantage of all these benefits and become a first generation millionaire. See you inside the club. Yeah. And like, that's so important because as, as most entrepreneurs do, they solve a short term problem, but they end up uh, uh, making a longer, longer term challenge by solving that short term problem in the way that they're solving it. So they let a short term solution equate to a long term challenge. I don't think a lot, a lot of people uh, think about that enough, especially because most people are not trying to exit the business. Most people are like, I just want to make six figures. Mm-hmm. Cool. But like, are you going to operate that business for the rest of your life? You know, you know what I'm saying? Because like, you don't have necessarily a retirement plan in this small business. So uh, I do want to have that private equity versus VC conversation because I am new to private equity investing or VC investing. George has been beating down my door like, yo, you need to start investing in private equity. Um, so can you let us know what the, the, the what you think your the, the main differences are between VC and, and private equity? Yeah. And then um, a sidebar to come back to, too, yeah. is just like the why the selling makes sense right okay. Why the long-term decisions and so well, let's do that first and then we'll go back yeah. all right so um kind of they're all together so the best way to create wealth in america is through private equity through this method i call abs right like mm-hmm. everyone wants six packs abs yeah. acquire assets in a business mm-hmm. or acquire equity in an asset like a business mm-hmm. uh, build up the value of that asset sell some or all of it real simple so like the Elon Musk of the world, the richest people in America, Elon Musk, the Zuckerbergs, all they did was acquire assets in an entity, a business entity, mm-hmm. um, build up the value, sell it. So whether it's PayPal, Tesla, Facebook, et cetera, you can go and exit uh, publicly through an IPO or privately through selling like you sold PayPal. Um, so that pool of money, it's like the biggest pool of money and the biggest opportunity. The VC route, they pick. Uh, home runs they're trying to mm-hmm. you, you got to cash out for billions in order right, for the home. economics to work yep with every kind of vc investment they're looking to return the whole fund so a hundred million dollar fund needs to get a hundred million dollar exit from their portion of the company with every investment so they're swinging for the fences oftentimes the you know five percent of the businesses that win all the other 95 got to shut down because they're so pressed on gas they're not building real businesses mm-hmm. private equity now it's a little bit more moderate where you're trying to get singles and doubles or probably even triples. So they're looking for seven, eight, and nine figure exits and a broader majority of those win. So it's not like you're trying to get a billion dollar business, but you're trying to keep as many as profitable to an exit as possible. And so like from an economic standpoint, it's just, it's a higher percentage win to create wealth that way versus trying to swing for the fence. Cause if you see some of the VC investments, like um, the funds or uh, VC, um, VC founders, they have failed startup after failed startup before they win mm-hmm. versus a private equity guy. They have exit after exit after exit and they just stack. Maybe it's a $5 million exit. 
then a 15, then a 50. Yeah. So it's just a more predictable path to continue building a business. Because yeah, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday in, in Miami, because I think y'all had met for the first time. We said Neo's mastermind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me and you had grabbed by the E. He walked over for a second. Mm-hmm. And um, you were asking about like some tax stuff or whatever. And then, and then when he left, we were talking about, like, I'll tell you about, like, I'll show you um, like some of my trades that day or whatever. Like, damn, this is crazy or whatever. And then I was asking you, I was like, well, so what do you do? Are you like going to invest? Whatever. He was just like, you're just like, well, I mean, right now I'm kind of like, I just got this thing figured out where I know how to go into a business, add value, and exit the business, and I'll do that. And, and maybe once I'm just sitting on so much money I, that, that I need to do something with it, I can, you know, maybe move into the stock market or whatever. But it's kind of a paradigm shift because for me, I had, I was just starting to get into like private equity investing, right? And I was like, but it makes so much sense because you think about the stock market, right? I always try to articulate to people when you own a share or a unit of ownership in a company, you're you're essentially saying I'm betting on this business to win, but you are just so far away from like being close to the business, right? So it's like, okay, well, if that's the, that's the model of building wealth, how can I get closer, right, to that same logic? Right? How can I get closer to right. the business? Nothing, there's nothing closer than owning the business and exiting it, right? And that was the paradigm shift that I had. It's like, it's all the same. Just like, how close are you to the business? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, to the previous kind of pivot uh, combo, the economics is so crazy. So, like, most people, as you mentioned in the opening, like, yo, if you sell your business, you're black, it's a, you're a sellout, mm-hmm. right? And so... It's really because people don't understand, one, that all the wealthiest black people in the world do this, right? Robert when, Smith. When it mm-hmm. talks to Robert Smith, the Jay-Zs, the Rihannas, like, you know them for entertainment, but they built their wealth through acquiring an uh, uh, equity in an asset title, building up the value of title, selling it. Same with the champagne company. Same with Fenty. Same with, you know, it's the game plan. And so the thing about that is you don't need to know coding. You don't need hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to start an econ brand. You could do that with a credit card, right? 25, 50K, you can get a brand up and running. If you turn that thing into doing a million dollars a year, and let's say you're netting 30%, right? You're doing 300K. As an owner, you probably don't take home the 300K. You probably got to reinvest in inventory, machinery, invest in mastermind. Let's say you keep 200 grand from that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to go sell that same business and on the 300K, We'll come back to what adjusted taxes are, but you can actually sell it for like 400K in profit for the year at like a four times multiple. Very easy. Mm-hmm. You make 1.6. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. 1. Mm-hmm. 4. So you would take eight years to get that lump sum of cash that you would if you just sold your business. And we're not even factoring in the cost value of money into that equation. Because if I have $1.6 million today right. versus $200,000 a year, I can get a 10% return on that 1.6 easily in the stock market. And I'm, Making, uh, you know, is that a hundred and sixty thousand? Hundred sixty. That's hundred sixty. Now, now you're making a. Now you're making hundred So you're forty thousand dollars short. But now you're, now you're not doing. Nothing. Now you're not doing nothing. Not only that, we're not incorporating risk. Just think about how business changed just three years ago during the yeah, recession. That's if, they, right? that's if your business is streamlined the whole time. If yeah. it's just consistent, right? Yeah, yeah. But think about how business was great three years ago, and now ads change, iOS updates. People don't have the recession money no more. Like everyone's business is down. So think mm-hmm. about how easy it would be to just get eight years of money right now. Don't have to worry about it. Give your give your money to someone like y'all. Get that 160 grand on autopilot. You could go live your life. Mm-hmm. Or now you have eight years to go figure out your next thing. 
So like yeah. people just don't get it. Yeah. It makes so much more sense. To, to that end, when you exited your business, right, you went on a sabbatical, right, for a little bit. Like a six month sabbatical. A six month sabbatical. Just oh, I just I got this lump sum of money. I can just sit sit, sit around, sit. hang out a, with my daughter, hang out with my wife. It was the best thing. We got a we got a Spanish nanny came to the house, watched my daughter, taught her Spanish. We got to explore the city. We were living on the beach. Mm-hmm. Got to enjoy that. That kind of was lit. I'll see that kind of was I'm, lit. I, so yeah, he's not living there now, right? I'm not. I was glad. I'm mad I didn't make it down to Miami while you were still living there. I was that like, kinda I was was like yeah, lit. this shit was fire. That kind of was lit, bro. It was literally a resort. We had beach service, pool service. It was like, what? We would travel to go visit places like this. It was lit. Um, so that was cool. But the best thing is, like, yo, I got to see my daughter take her first steps. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to just be present. And so right. oftentimes successful people have to trade, like, am I going to make money or am I going to be like a present father, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I could actually make money to afford to put my kid in private school, but actually be there with her, too. This is a win-win. Right. And so I didn't have that option where you grind in 12 hours a day, jumping on flights all over the place. So I finally got an opportunity to sit still, and that would not have happened. I would not have seen my daughter take her first step, so that wasn't for the position we're in to sell our business. So let me ask you this. You mentioned uh, the process of acquiring assets, building up value, and then ultimately setting, selling. How do you build up value in the business? Or what's some of the best way you've seen people build up true value in a business so that they can start to exit? That's a great question. A lot of people get that wrong. And so growing revenue is not the same as growing enterprise value. Okay. Talk about it. Yeah. This is actually for a friend question, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we just sharing gems here. Yeah. So like all revenues and credit equals. So um, for example, uh, community is a, you, you essentially have to create something that I call um, strategic value, mm. largely through community. And so bigger businesses, they can't create, they can't start like we can, but those are the valuable assets. Like, um, like Procter & Gamble may drop $10 million in a Super Bowl commercial to try to get in front of black people. Mm. Foot Locker may drop whatever, whatever to try to get in front of people. And they still won't acquire 100,000 customers. They may get some eyes on it. Mm-hmm. So what we do as small business owners, and I hate to use the term small, but under 200 employees, right? Mm-hmm. We're nimble. We could build community. We create Raven fans. So when you think about like native deodorant that built up one product got acquired for $100 million. I use their deodorant. Right. It's because people love it. Yeah. People love it. They post it. They tag it. Like big businesses, if you ever look at their social, their social suck. Yeah. You go look at someone who's doing a couple million dollars a year. Socials up to the roof, off yeah. The roof, lives jumping like they want that. They can't create it because people who work at corporate are managers. They're not founders, and so what the value is is building not only revenue but having that north star of this is an enterprise value. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's okay to get slower on revenue but build up other metrics. So like repeat customer rate, right? That builds up your enterprise value. Uh, your your lack of dependence on one page source of traffic. So if you're only dependent on Facebook ads, if you spend a fifty percent of your revenue on ads and you're scaling Mm -hmm. that's not that valuable as someone who's only spending 10 percent of their money on ads but they're their consistent revenue and so the money you generate from a a reoccurring revenue stream is about a 10 to 15x exit multiple the money you create from just one source dependent like facebook ads is like a 2.5 multiple the money you uh you get from like an amazon store is like three to four x multiple so understanding that i I got these other ways I could grow. I could go deep on ads. I could go build up email. I could go Amazon. I could do whatever. Let me pick the two that are most valuable and focus on that. Because even if I only get an extra million dollars in this one that's worth 10x, 
it's going to be more valuable than mm-hmm. if I get an extra five mil over here. So it's about being intentional about how you go out and get revenue. That even makes us think about like our community that we have, right? We have like an annual subscription or a monthly subscription. Is like for the while, it was like it was like trying to hard to justify like spending ads to drive traffic for a monthly membership. But what I also kind of knew in the back of my head is like is number one the durability of that type of the recurring revenue. But two, when you to your point, if you want to go and sell your business or whatever, it's like oh, you have three thousand people paying you ninety nine dollars a month. That's way more valuable than these one time. You know, ninety nine, nine ninety seven, or whatever. But on the front end, as a small business owner, it's like you're probably going to lose money to yeah, acquire right, those cash flow. Yeah, 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 cash flow, which is why it's great to have other lines of business. But it's like as we think about our campaigns for next year, I think going back to that and putting it on autopilot, mm-hmm. right, and just knowing like, okay, cool, we can't, we can't really worry about that in terms of like today's dollars. We have other ways to make our money in terms of today's dollars, and then knowing what that can mean for the business long term is important to build that up. And I'm a big per- I'm a big um, believer of just asking the right questions. So if I know ultimately the reoccurring revenue is where we need to be, mm-hmm. but cash flow sucks up front, and I love profit, how can we do both? So what I did was focused on front end acquisition, yeah, just to get the quick wins, mm-hmm. build up the build up the customer base, get to the hundred thousand customers as fast as possible, et cetera, mm-hmm. and then on the back end for any second or third purchase we were heavily pushing membership. So we kind of had two funnels going where we're always going out and acquiring customers. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about subscription because the commitment's there. It kills conversion, et cetera. Mm-hmm. After we, we <laughs> right. That right there, right there's a bar. Right. Jesus Christ, we had no idea. You can literally charge somebody one-time payment of nine ninety seven, and they'll pay it for one time or you can tell them it's ninety seven dollars a month and then like, I'm out. I'm out. Right. Like, you can Gone. cancel in three months. Like, you know, like, like right. Yeah. Could you imagine having a financial coach that at any given time you could ask your questions in real time from a real expert and get real advice? To be honest, Pocket Advisor is the flagship feature, in my opinion, of the Melanin Millionaires Club. And when I originally created this platform, for those of you who may not know this, Pocket Advisor was actually the name and the primary feature back in 2021. But when I rebranded to the Melanin Millionaires Club, I knew that no matter what we added or changed, Pocket Advisor had to stay because we have democratized financial advice by giving you access to a real financial expert in real time. There is no other financial education platform that you'll find something like this that's actually backed by a financial advisor one of the top 100 in the nation, I might add. So if you're looking to get financial education in your pocket in real time, head over to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to learn about Pocket Advisor, as well as all the other great benefits and features that you can find as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Can't wait to see you inside. So it's all testing, right? Especially our people. Um, so there are some best practices. Cause our, I don't think I, I, I shared our brand was Fresh Heritage. We sold uh, beard grooming products for black men. Mm. Um, but internally, that was our external uh, kind of mission. Internally, we said we're building a community of high-performance black men. We wanted to build a 100,000 community of high-performance black men. Mm. What we learned from that is communication and words are important. So our customers hate membership programs. Mm-hmm. Yes. They love being in a club, though. <laughs> they, yeah. love being in a me- they love being in something that has perks. Right. So we reposition what we're doing is not like an ask, yo, 
let me get this subscription. But it's like, nah, bro, you a VIP member now. Like, pull up. So that helped messaging. the message and that's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. But we also had to deliver it. So what does being a part of a VIP membership look like? So outside of just selling bear care products, we had quarterly meetups where uh, part of the like part of the, the essential problem with men were like you felt alone. Right. When you mm-hmm. start becoming like the six figure earner, yeah. in your, your neighborhood or mm-hmm. whatever. We don't have like two people to just like chat, right? right? That's not common in a lot of areas, especially mm-hmm. if you live in like a random city. Yeah. So we curated these events where it'd be virtual, we'd be talking about business, talking about acquiring a business, access to capital, all the things that we care about, and mm-hmm. we would have local meetups. People would drive four hours to pull up. We had some persons, like one dude just uh, sold uh, 20% of his business to Goldman for like 80 million, like $80 million value. Mm-hmm. Other people just made partner, like the youngest black partner yeah. of this law firm. So it's that kind of environment we were creating. So it really did feel like a VIP membership, mm-hmm. but we were monetizing that relationship through our products. So you didn't want to stop that membership, even if you didn't use the bear product because you were getting so much other um, like intrinsic value from the other stuff that we we're doing. Yeah. Gotcha. He was, so he was one of the driving forces when I was like, remember, cause I remember like it was just, I was talking to you about the membership program. I was like, bro, I think I want to add, a pro like incorporate like the ecosystem, right? I was like, I want to like make it to where like I'm including a product as a part of the the membership, right? And it's because I was like, this dude built up a three three thousand uh member you know community off of a beard product essentially, right? Because because wow. then you get the best of both worlds. It's like you get the tangibility, right? Because people love something tangible of a product, but then the access, right, of community or the illusion of access or whatever. So like just that hybrid when you can get it done right is extremely is extremely powerful and then even if you sell physical products adding in a digital component to it right mm-hmm. that was the key because it's like it's high leverage right right so have three thousand people four thousand five thousand people on a monthly webinar where mm-hmm. you curate cats like you that tell you how to build wealth say, tell you how to save on taxes yeah for the people so they're paying for a 25 dollars beard oil but they're getting so much more value that they otherwise couldn't source themselves yeah. And they're doing it with a community of other people who are on the same path as them. Because people want to have shared mission in life. You don't want to go, go about life on your own. As we always like to say, you can survive without community, but you can't thrive without community. Mm. Period. Period. Yeah. Um, so when you think about, let's say, like a, a founder, right, who you know, is already in the middle of the business and they didn't start with the end in mind and they kind of like, but they realize like, man, I got to, get myself out of this, right? I got to figure out how I can add the strategic value. What would you tell to the founder that's overworked, burnt out? It's like they have a good product or a good service, but they just, they didn't have a, a gamal, right? And, you know, when they started their business, what can they do to start walking back some of those decisions to ultimately build a business that they can exit one day if they want to do that? So right now I coach, well, this year we did about 33, $34 million, I was telling you. Mm-hmm. And we coach, um, Six-figure earners that want to build seven-figure brands or seven-figure brands that want to do more. Mm-hmm. And all the time, you know, our biggest kind of growth opportunity, we helped one founder add about $1.1 million to their business. Mm-hmm. They're working less. In all cases, people are making more while working less. So, like, founders are doing too much. And so what they don't recognize is how the activities that they're doing are useless towards the outcomes they want mm-hmm. well one they don't have a, a clear outcome so they're doing right. whatever looks good or shiny mm-hmm. so identifying like what do you actually want what's the ideal life looking like all that kind of stuff how, how often do you want to work how often yeah. do you want to be home and then creating a plan for that 
So it's usually not recognizing uh, what products are your best sellers. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes you'd be like, yo, what's your best seller? We interview everybody. It's an application. What's your three top selling products that's mm -hmm. never on their home screen? You got to go search for it. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? It, it, it's so smart that, it, that, they don't, that they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. People want this product. Instead of making them go look for it, because you know only about 50% of people actually scroll, just put it as soon as they hit it. Oh shoot, sales hit. You know, you know what it probably is though. It's probably like they're like, oh, well, this product is fine. We don't got to worry about. Yeah, that. we need to amplify these other ones, which is what business sell. owners do. Like, if something's working, they just ignore it and focus on things that's not working. One hundred percent. Yeah. There's this cool analogy I heard. Um, a pastor actually was talking about it. Uh, they had a underperforming kid. They were like a C student, but mm. they were really good at a sport. And so most parents would try to focus on getting the math tutor to get their grades up. They're like, no get the coach get the sports coach yeah like he's okay here that's not the opportunity mm -hmm. you're trying to build build up and focus on mediocrity like focus on the genius yeah and so that's kind of what you got to do the products that's working like this a sunk uh sunk cost fallacy or what they do is they buy other products and they're like damn i got a hundred grand of this slow moving stuff over here i gotta i gotta bring this in my feed more i gotta promote this more so i can get back my money and that takes away from the eyes on the products that everyone mm. wants. So we call these products hit records. So these are the things that, you know, the, the Jay-Z songs that's been going for a decade, the Drake's that always hit. Mm -hmm. You want to find three to five hit records to build a seven-figure business on instead of trying to have all these little other songs on, on, the, on the tracks that nobody wants. Nobody listens to. Yeah. Nobody listens to. You know it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while. And that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. You skip right over these, but yeah. they keep promoting yeah. these because they want to get the sales up. Yeah. Instead of just focusing over here. Creativity and ego, right? So it's like so entrepreneurs... Well, like as you know, the, re the reason why it's founder and CEO is like most founders don't usually make good CEOs in a, in a lot in a lot of ways, right? Too creative. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, so this is working so good. Let me try to find something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Nah, fam, just let's stay right here. Yeah, stay right here. Yeah. Let's, let's get comfortable. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I I heard this quote that says, um, "If you're valuable to your business, then your business is not valuable." Right. As somebody that wants to exit a business, how do you if you know so many people? built their business around them mm -hmm. right how do you like reel that back in and like imp implement some people or some strategies so that your business can become valuable because if somebody's trying to buy your business they say everything's revolved around you like bro if we take you out there's nothing here correct so how do how do you coach that or help people with that yeah i, I heard someone articulate this well and it's like you know it's perfectly fine at first, you're the you're the asset to your business, mm. but at a certain point, you become the liability, which mm. we were talking about, right? And so, mm. if the business depends you to generate revenue, you don't have a business; you just have a high paying job. Right. And so, what we would do to start is lead with founder story, shared mission, all that kind of stuff. You get people on board, and in doing so, you then find super users or ambassadors, influencers, content creators who are a part of your mission, share your values, love your story you start slowly incorporating them in. So like at first, I was on the first ads. I needed to, it's easy, people mm -hmm. connect with my story, I could tell the story better. But over time, we found people who were super users of our product that we said, hey, you know what? I'd love to just have you do one piece of content a, a month, one piece of content a week. 
And before you know it, like the year and a half before we sold the business, I wasn't on any ads. It was all mm -hmm. super fans and super users who were like ambassadors of the product. So that's how you do with the marketing. Uh, the other big thing was I've spent, I've managed about $3 million on ads um, in like my entrepreneurial life. I am very proficient with ads. Yeah. Someone else buying the business may not have that comfort zone. So what I did was at first we outsourced an agency who was white. Mm -hmm. because a big a red flag when you go sell a business is, well, you got to identify risk and fix those risks. So a big red flag is like, yo, this is a black-owned brand. A black dude's running it. We don't understand business because the majority of the people who buy businesses have the, and have the money to buy businesses don't look like us. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let me get in their mind and figure out what would prevent them from wanting to move forward. So I hired a white creative agency to run the business, run the ads, run the emails, just so I could prove... This is me running it. Mm -hmm. I'm able to duplicate it to someone who has no idea what the culture is about. Right. This is a systemized process to so remove the risk. Mm. So just identifying like, yo, what are the things that are going to get in the way? What are the things that I'm too intimately involved in and creating a plan and a process to outsource it? Systematically remove it. Yeah. And what, what's dope about the marketing piece is that now you're highlighting your top students, which make them even more like, like imagine if Nike put me on an ad. Yeah. I'm I'm loyal to Nike right now. Oh, you dead. put me on an ad, it's over with. 100 yeah. percent You know what I'm saying? Because that that was actually a really important point you made. Because we would be getting people like, yo, my this chick from high school that I used to have a crush on just saw me on the ad, bro. Like, <laughs> yo. And my man was doing ads left and right after that, right? <laughs> so that yeah. was the thing. Like, uh, you make a good point. Like the purpose of the brand is not to be the hero, it's to support the hero and the heroes are your customers. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really simple way of uplifting our high performance men mm -hmm. who would love exposure, want to put their value out in the world, want to be heard and want to be seen where they could just use our platform to do so. So that was a really good value prop. Perfectly aligns to some things we talked about with 2024 with the ambassadors. And who oh, like, okay. dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, see who you get, I see who you get your ideas from. Hey man, we go get. <laughs> we get my voice does black card, bro. Uh, I got an idea. <laughs> we, uh, we go back and forth for sure. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only kind of friendships you gotta have. Right? Yeah, that's, that's the only friendships I want to have. We're yeah. not pitching it. Uh, Back and forth, great ideas. And I don't want to be a part of it, but but no, that that that's huge, man. That's huge because like yeah, again, like as a high value entrepreneur, like it's as simple as something putting Nike put me in the ad. I would quadruple my spend with them, one hundred percent, easily, hundred percent. And, and that's and that's speaking of which, like that that in and of itself, even people like even if you're not putting it out there, because I don't think it has to be formal. Like hey, we typically amplify our people, but if they just see it. Right, that's going to keep them one staying indoctrinated with the brand because they think, oh, like they typically amplify their people. Let me let them know I'm one of their people, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and get results because especially in a, in a community like what we do, right? We're going to be amplifying people who got results, who achieve certain network milestones, which then creates a self fulfilling prophecy. Is like, oh, if I hit this milestone, I might be one of the ones 100%. that they. Yeah, and that's the key in building community. Like even the thing we're doing now, mm -hmm. it's like, how can we? Who are our core people? that have a value similar to us, how could right. we be different from what's out there? So like our people aren't young cats trying to get Lambos and just show off and do all that kind of stuff. Although mm -hmm. you certainly can with the money you're making, right? <laughs> don't get it twisted. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Like, get, talking get that whip. I got, I got a Lamborghini. <laughs> talking bad about me. <laughs> get that whip. It's about the motives though. Have the yeah. thing, but it's like yeah. what's driving you. And so our core people right now are people who are family oriented, right? Um, or have a future in the family. And they just want to like do good in the world. So we're not getting assholes rich. We're getting like good people rich. Yeah. That want to buy back their time so they can actually enjoy their money with the thing that they're building. That's great messaging. Mm -hmm. So 
if someone wanted to like learn how to do this, I mean, obviously this podcast is a great episode and a great starting point. Like, Start here. Like what, 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 how could you help someone who's like, man, I gotta, I gotta get connected with this guy. Is there anything that you currently offer that someone could like tap into your ecosystem to learn from you directly or from some type of program that you developed? Thought you would never ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we have a system called the e-commerce blueprint. Essentially, the things that we've been documenting, mm-hmm. building a seven-figure brand, exiting a seven-figure brand, yep. and uh, all the things that we've accomplished. We share. We're able. We're not able to do it in a format other than through our mastermind, based on like the not NDAs and stuff we signed. Yeah. So we're able to share in our coaching program our process. Um, so yeah, that's it. So we work with people for six months, help them with their whole game plan from their marketing positioning, building out their community, mm-hmm. um, adding a reoccurring revenue to their business. Our, our, our net income margins are about 46% at scale. So like double the average. Yeah. So, on e-com, that's really, that's really good. It's some, yeah. it's, it's some digital business. Yeah. We can info, info numbers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those info yeah. numbers, bro. Yeah. 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 So like we're very intentional about our margins and how we did that. And so we share all this because cash flow is a big problem for uh, physical product companies. So we share all this in the six month coaching program where you get to work with us one on one. And we have all these resources like bookkeepers who get it, uh, developers, people who could set up your membership program. Right. We have an internal agency. Right. The agency actually started the agency who actually ran our ads and emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all that just kind of systemized and figured out for physical products owners. The only thing is it's not for beginners. It's for established brands already, typically doing 30, 40 K a month, because when we were getting started, there were so many resources. But once we started hitting the snag, once you started at the half a million a year mark, right. seven figures a year mark, we were out on an island. Like we didn't have a place to go for like, yo, my Amex bill is a hundred grand. Right. I just mm-hmm. lost my ad account. What do I do? How do I get that back? Mm-hmm. Yo, I, we just, my, my manufacturers burnt up and we just placed our biggest order is there some sort of insurance on this, right? Mm-hmm. And so all these questions that you right. don't know, or I owe Shopify a hundred grand and they keep swiping my account daily and I'm paying them back 15 grand a month. I didn't know that there's a way to get out of that. Right. So we have all these proven things specifically for people who have like established business problems that we support them with. Dope, dope. dope. So we'll link all that in the show notes um, so people can tap in. But I can tell you, like from firsthand experience, like I mean, Grant, I'm I'm a friend, so I get a different level, you know, of access. Of access. <laughs> you know but I know the value of the program. Like, it, but, but it's like this: I'm his friend. I still bought the program. Like, yeah, yeah I was about you know to say, like, yeah, like, yeah, you still, you still yeah, cut like, the like check. The one, the one, um, the forty four, the, the the workshop me and Miss Business did. Mm-hmm. He, he, I got got that because he he was like, what you doing a a four and a half hour five one Man, day? Take all my ideas, bro. Yeah. yeah, but the, I was like, you doing a one day work? That's, that's crazy. He said, he's talking about how much they made. I said, hey, uh, working. When you get somebody an idea, they don't do it. It's like, bro, like somebody just paid me fifteen thousand dollars for that idea, and I gave you it for free. You didn't do anything with it. So yeah, so yeah, because I did a because you know there's a challenge model, then there's this model, but it was a four and a half hour. We ended up being five hours, or whatever it was. It was a good day. It was a good Saturday. Not what a bad, not a bad, not a bad day to spend. Hey, hey, send me the Stripe screenshot. I said, I need to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been chilling on your couch and you were maybe trying to find something to watch on TV, whether it's Netflix or Hulu, Amazon Prime, Stars? I mean, there's so many streaming services nowadays, right? Um, maybe you've already binge watched that favorite series and it's over and you're just trying to find something else to watch. 
But imagine if you spent that energy trying to find creative and impactful content that can help you level up your journey towards your first 1 million in net worth. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks, which is a complete library of past workshops and masterclasses where you can learn different topics across personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship on your journey towards your first 1 million in net worth. So head over to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to learn about financial flicks as well as all the other great features that you can find inside of our Melanin Millionaires Club. Can't wait to see you inside. <laughs> yeah, so, so but yeah, I mean, those, those, like I said, the greatest, you know, relationships to have, people who can help you. Because what I like about, especially now that I'm a father, right? So your daughter is now three. How old is your daughter? Yeah, she just turned three. She turned three, right? And Legend's about to be two, which is insane. Wow. Um, you know, I resonated because I was like, I was like, okay, I'm a, going down this journey and I have to be more mindful of my time. I could pass. I can't be this run and gun entrepreneur all the time. You know what I'm saying? I have to start structuring things in a way where we can own the business and not run the business, right? Hiring the right people, not, not just throwing money at problems, but making sure you have the right people in the right place so that you can enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? Like, like, like next year we have our whole year planned out because it's like, we don't want to like, I look at it like a TV series, right? They create it, and, and then, like, a year later, it releases. They get to actually enjoy the content they create, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want to enjoy the things that I'm building, not, like, always be in the middle of it and building a business that's sustainable, um, that's exitable, right? Which, God knows, I can only imagine the scrutiny that could come from that if we find a way to exit melanin money, the, the, the blackest possible business you could possibly have. <laughs> um, but It's just a partnership. We've partnered with, yeah, we a, bigger, partner with, with, yeah. a, with a bigger network to yeah. our reach. Yeah, 100%. Percent, yeah. so y'all don't cancel back, us back to that messaging, yeah. Right, back to the messaging, us. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we need to reach like because that's what other people don't, people don't get. It's like a founder can only take it so 100%. far, right? Like, but that's the reality, that though. Yeah, if you, you got if you think you could serve the world, we don't have experiences running a billion dollar business, right? A hundred million dollar businesses. Well, right. I don't, right? Right, and so like if you have a vision that could serve that amount of people, you need the budget and the resources to match your vision, right. And it's unfair, not only to you, but the people who don't have you mm -hmm. as customers or don't or not yet your customers because you're being selfish to trying to do everything on your own. So like exiting is actually in service of the people you want to support. Because mm -hmm. like our our acquirers were very good at international business. They were very mm -hmm. good at retail. Yeah. I had no experience doing that. So I would have botched that. I would have fumbled the bag. Right. So now when people from Europe and people in all over the world were like, we would love your product. Now with this partnership, now they could bring it into those markets effortlessly, right? right? And execute at a level that I don't know how to. So that when the brand gets there in Amazon and on Walmart in Europe, like it's yep. how I would have loved it, but I just don't have the vision or the skills to do so. So, I mean, exiting is really in service of the customer. Love it. Love it. So as we know, this is the Melanin Money Show. Nice. Um, and our goal is to help as many people that look like us um, ultimately achieve their first one million net worth and beyond. Um, and so we have people on the show who actually, right, have done it. Um, we like to ask them a very simple question. Um, what does being a melanin millionaire mean to you? Mm. I feel like I should have been prepared for this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just freedom, bro. Like, business is going to be stressful. Mm -hmm. And just operating the same risk without the emotional impact of the potential downside outcome is this game changer. Like regardless of what you do, you're going to take L's and you're going to win. Mm -hmm. And so I remember um, losing our Facebook account 
almost having to shut the business down, um, being maxed out on credit cards and needing some access to more capital, like losing sleep at night. Here I am trying to take care of my family. We got a house. We got mm-hmm. a car. Yeah. And like my wife left her job. I was stressed the hell out. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time building this coaching business was the first time that I could actually do what was required for the business without losing sleep i'm like taking l's and sleeping like because <laughs> i know like our yeah, our yeah. main needs are good like roof over our head food right. school bills everything is set and so like it's just operating out of a different place so that you could bring a better version of yourself into solving the problems of the world because you can't really solve problems yeah. out of scarcity as much as you can out of an abundance and safety mindset so i think that's the most important thing for me i'm not done working i'm not yeah. I'm not done getting to the bag, but right. I could do it from a place of confidence and abundance now. I love that. And that's why you see for people who do exit business, like how do they do this other business? And this other business, other business, because they're doing it from a totally different vantage point. But man, we, we appreciate that's actually one of the better answers for that question. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you coming on the show. Flying in early from our bossel. Yes. Uh, cutting your Miami trip short. Early. Yes. Um, about to catching that for the We're going to catch a vibe tonight. Yeah, we're going to catch a vibe tonight. One of our, our, our wonderful nominees. Yes, sir. Um, so, man, now we're excited, man. Thank you for just being a pillar in the culture of, of doing things different, showing how business can be done at the highest level. Um, and that, you know, we can get, as my guy said, why, why should white guys have all the fun, right? Why should white guys you're, have you're all the, part, the fun? You're the only person I know personally that I can think about when I when I read that book. Um, so, man, it's just an honor to have you on the show. It's an honor to call you a brother and a friend. And uh, let's have some fun tonight. And uh, for everyone listening, I appreciate the opportunity to share my message on the platform. And uh, you heard it here first. All of George's good ideas came from <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Donna, cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Edit. (laughs) I appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. We hope that this episode was inspiring and gave you some tangible nuggets that you can walk away with and implement in real time. If you found this episode valuable, please like, subscribe, share, and consider leaving a review of this episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next time.